0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast, episode sixty nine. We tried to get a four man weave going with Neil, Tron, and Randy. Randy's coaching a basketball game right now, so we're stuck with just Stinks. Neil, Tron, and Freddie. Freddie's in the background, kind of taking a nap, I think. Uh, Tron, is he is he rolling around? What's going on? We just fed
2: him. Alex out of town. I just fed him. I'm, I'm just. It's like a brave new world over here, man. Oh.
0: Neil, you haven't been on the pod in like years. I'm afraid of this. No, it's not. I guess you did one with the Tour Junkies, didn't you? I did. I did. I hosted
3: one with the Tour Junkies uh, with with Tron. But yeah, you know, long time listener, maybe second time caller. Happy to be back.
0: The, the uh,
3: feedback uh, Exciting on the, tournament today.
0: Your trap draw. The feedback on your trap draw appearance is, is strong to quite strong. People are demanding another trap draw appearance. I'm I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah. Well, I have to get some more material. So, may have to make a, a return visit to the Chateau Relaxo, also planning to go down to uh l a and see t four, which is uh kind of a satellite office of the Chateau Relaxo. He's got hue lights down there as well uh and, and uh as he calls himself, he's just a little boy with a lot of little toys down there, so <laughs> if I do, I would hope I'd play a little bit of golf and maybe we can uh we can get another uh trap draw uh <laughs> Story time with NG Shu.
0: If you guys haven't, make sure you're subscribed to the Trap Draw podcast. It's an episode with Daniel did with the guys back in December, and it's fantastic. It's awesome stories. But we're recording this. It's after midnight for me. Final putt just dropped. Uh, DJ just won another event. WGC. Bomb Threat, Unbelievable. Bomb Threat. He. he bomb s- cut the cord on the uh, on the ROM threat that tried to invade it. And uh, DJ, kind of running away now with number one ranking. What are your guys' overall thoughts on the week? I thought it was awesome, man. I thought Mexico was a
2: rousing success. Uh, crowds were awesome. Mickelson was, it was like performance art from Mickelson the whole week. Uh, I, you know, I heard a little bit of flack from Andy from Friday. He was just lighten my texts up with complaints about the foliage on the golf course like just bitching about width and uh you know width and angles and in strategic golf so i do think they need to do a little bit of uh a little bit of tree trimming down there but for the most part i thought it was an awesome event i mean especially for a first time you know first time venue thumbs up two thumbs up from tron
3: i kind of like the uh the narrow fairways. I thought that they looked pretty cool on TV. I understand where Andy's coming from, but seeing those guys try to hit it down shoots like that is, uh, is awesome. And then seeing some of them like Mickelson end up over in the trees. Got to love that big takeaway for me. Really like the young Euro crop showing up on the leaderboard between Peters, this guy, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, big fan, tremendous lettuce. Um, so excited to see those guys continue to play over here on the side of the pond uh but dj obviously taking care of business and uh, if i hear that he's unflappable one more time though um i might i might put the broadcast on mute i don't know if it's
2: i think that's just code for like him being dumb like that's just like the nice <laughs> yeah. way of them saying like oh like dj's I unflappable guess, like I yeah, just... yeah.
0: Have and I do the word for it. Have you seen the clip, though, of the Phil Faraday coming up where Phil says, like, to be good at golf, you either have to be really smart or really dumb? <laughs> like, there's 99% chance he's talking about DJ, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I-, I thought yeah, go- the course was – it was a refreshing change from just kind of the uh, course we see every week, but – it was really interesting that the leaderboard that, that came out that came out of this course. Like, I wouldn't have expected like Rory, JT, DJ, and Rom, like guys known as bombers, to have had this kind, this kind of course fit their style. But uh, I, it was just weird. I felt like it should have the scores probably should have been lower, but it kind of played firm and fat. Like, what 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 are the yardage do we think it played to with the altitude? It was only seventy two hundred yards plus a fifteen percent altitude. It wasn't it essentially playing like a sixty two hundred yard course. But I think part of that, though, was you, you've got... Uh, a, it was playing firm and fast. Yeah.
2: So, you, so like, the greens were... Like, that was my big takeaway as far as the setup was the greens were so firm. It was awesome. Um, but, I mean, I guess to a certain extent, the altitude, the ball doesn't spin as much either, right? Yeah. So, you know, guys are going to hit it straighter. The guys that hit it longer are going to hit it straighter than they typically do as well. So the guys that typically drive the ball well... or. I think have a distinct advantage here, you know, I mean, other than maybe,
0: I mean, who wasn't a bomber that was on the leaderboard? Uh, who, who's not a bomber anymore though on this tour. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's true as Fincher. well. I don't think he moves it that Snedeker's not really necessarily a bomber. I wouldn't say, yeah, but um, so what I, Saturday was supposedly the most epic day like of, Phil Magic ever seen? I missed all of Saturday. What basically happened on Saturday?
2: What didn't happen? The guy on Saturday? was just
0: getting out of jail. <laughs> I mean, jail. Like
3: you couldn't even see him a couple times in the trees. And I mean, it was—I don't know—he was. not You couldn't have scripted monster. it any more, Phil. Yeah. Like it was, it was just
2: amazing, like peak Phil. Like, and then like there were certain times where he was in the jungle and like they couldn't even pick him up on camera. And Slugger White would walk yeah. over. He I mean, was nuts. And then he and, and then he made par. Like it was it was out of control.
0: How did he shoot sixty eight? I'm just seeing this now. I mean I'm I'm still trying to piece all this together. Um Rom a lot of people are really getting really pumped up about Rom. We're all in on this, right?
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I love the swing,
3: man, the way he drops his elbow. Very Sergio esque, the Spaniards. Um, I don't know. I, I know Todd, I know you're all about him, it's Ronald, so but I like, I like Rom a lot.
2: Oh, I, I mean, it... he's, he's, uh, he's the Rom threat. He's the conquistador. He likes beer, pizza, chicks with big boobs. That's, that's about as, <laughs> as American as it gets.
3: <laughs> Phil's <laughs> brother is his agent. He quit the head coach at yeah. Arizona State, and now he's just his agent. Is that, did I hear that correctly?
0: That's yes. correct. Yeah. yeah, he quit wow. to be his agent. <laughs> that's a power move. It looks like a very good decision at this point. My, uh, it really my, does. My buddy Toomer always used to joke about how Sergio, like until his like early 30s, was called the young Spaniard. And I actually laughed out loud when Faraday called uh, Rom the young Spaniard. Now the torch has officially been passed to, to, to Rom as the young Spaniard.
2: I just think, I mean, there's so many good gladiator parallels between Rom and... Uh, anything Spaniard, but he's also he's also from the Basque country, right? So he's he's got a little bit yeah. of separatism I, in in his <laughs> in his background, you know.
3: I'd love for him to wear. The, he should wear the armor with the the horses, Argento, <laughs> and uh, I can't remember what the other one is, but uh, we certainly a, call him Spaniard. That's a deep pole. Yeah, that's that was a stretch alert for sure jack reacher
0: this didn't feel enough like a wgc and i think i'm just now figuring out why it didn't feel the same without tong chai jai Di finishing t57 and never being in contention that
2: that was the big takeaway
0: for me today it was like ross fisher
2: just stacking owgr points it was like a mad dash at the end there. like all right i don't have a chance to win but i can lock up a top 50 world ranking here for the
3: next 18 months basically well, hey, to go back to Fleetwood though, he uh, so he beat DJ in Abu Dhabi, right, by one stroke, and then they just flip spots here in this one. Um, and Abu Dhabi—that's an HSBC—is that? Or, no,
2: Abu Dhabi's was, the, the like the Euro Tour.
3: The Euro Tour, like, okay.
2: Yeah, that's like one of their flagship events over there.
3: Okay, but I—I I mean, I think if we're going to talk about young like studs, like Rom for sure, but this guy was—I mean. Obviously bombing the ball, but he hit. I think he hit an iron on one of the par fives on the back, and just I mean, what a shot! Took it over the trees, cut it like. I don't know, guys. I'm 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 in on Fleetwood. He might have some pop. Fleetwood, Mac
2: guy. Um, yeah, if you're a British guy like playing in WGC, is like a good British player, and you don't have bad teeth. <laughs> like, get out of here! Like that's 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 how I judge my British golfers. They have to have bad have, teeth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, so, Joe, So, Justin Rose Well, there were three really of them up on the leaderboard.
3: There was, there was Hatton too, right? And then, uh, well, and, and Westwood, Ross, I mean, he's English, and but Westwood. he, he yeah. ejected hard. Yeah, he wasn't on the final yeah. leaderboard there at all.
0: How many times in a big event have we seen Lee Westwood tee off in the final group and then implode in the first few holes, and then you see him on the fi- on the 18th green? And it's like, well, it just wasn't Lee Westwood's day. Yep. Seven, eight. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't his day, but you know, it's like the
2: mini Camilo. That yeah. is
0: the Westwood. Like he's there. It <laughs> Westwood
2: at this yeah, point. it's like the Westwood. Yeah,
0: um, I've got
3: I got mad respect for Westwood, though. I mean, longevity wise. He's still doing it. Like, yeah, he jacks. Like, Ryder Cup didn't go well for him, but I mean, still, the dude's—he was a thoroughbred. He's—he has been for years.
0: I think he's fifty-six or something. WGC event. Like, that just blows my mind. Like, yeah, that's so yeah, dude, much. That's, money. Amazing. that's amazing. That's amazing. So many OWGR points? I was gonna say, I wonder how many official world golf ranking points he's earned in those events. But we talk about the uh, the sauce that JT sprayed on Sunday at Tron. I don't think you're a fan of it. No, it was just so... Yeah, ridiculous. Tron. Oh, man. Like, his dad, I
2: guarantee you... I guarantee you his dad's going to have a stern lecture for him. Like, his dad being a golf pro and all that. Like, that was... It was too much. Too far. It was too much. Like, I liked the... I liked the premature club release. Like, that's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, so, I had no problem. Even if he would have hit that fan, I would have had no problem with that. It was... It's like when he did it, like, six holes in a row, and then that that spike
0: mark blame that he did was yeah like hopefully over the top that was exaggerated uh, but that's what I, that's what you love about it the really exaggerated cl- the Torso moves are what makes it so great i have no problem with that. yeah but you don't want it to be a
3: tantrum you know like you don't yeah. want it to be it's got to be uh, in, it's got to be in the moment like
2: not as part of a larger like man things aren't going my way today like I, you know, I'm I'm bitching about it versus like it's got to be in the moment, unto itself kind of thing.
3: If that makes sense. I will say this: so he had a tour sauce week because he did. He threw that little fishing move a couple days ago, <laughs> I was strong. and I mean that was strong. Like that's that's good stuff, right? I you know I I'd love to put it on a t shirt, but uh, I don't think we can do that justice, right? Well, I, I don't
0: think people really heard what he dropped before that happened so he he hit like that wedge on 18 he twirled it and then gave it like a getting that hole ball like with a like a huge southern accent to it like the cameras barely picked up on it uh i should have put the video and Then he up. spun it he, he he twirled it and then said getting that hole ball and then that's when he did and after that it landed that's when he did the fisherman reel thing it was one of the but, saucier but moments. Did you do of the, the
2: fisherman reel while the ball was spinning, like back spinning on the green?
0: No, it had already stopped I think, uh, at okay. that point. It was already in okay. there tight. Yeah, yeah.
2: But I mean, I like I don't I don't want to bite the hand
0: that feeds here, but you know, <laughs> he laid up today. Just... Like we we're allowed to be at least a little critical of him if he he it was a it was pretty Have to be yeah it was a tough layup, uh, but uh, I mean come on. Whatever he, he's it. he's the ambassador, but yeah, I made the joke today. I feel like he's he's spying on the Russians, or he's a, he's spying for the Russians.
3: But. I'd say you know, and we were you were talking about it earlier, like there are so many huge hops on those greens where those guys yeah. would throw a dart and the ball would bounce like eight feet up and then you know roll off the back. Like, that's got to be like really frustrating for those guys, you know, when they can't they can't stuff the pinata.
0: That adds so much more nuance to it, though. Like, every tournament's like a dart throw It does. Competition. I love it. Yeah, I, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it helped protect Huge the course, fan. too, because that was going to be a, just a mess. It definitely did.
3: Yeah. yeah, they were hitting from, like, 80 yards out. You know, they were uh, not getting wedges that close, which was cool to see. God, I'm about to just throw out a
2: tweet that's going to get me in trouble. but
0: You don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to. I want to. Any other big takeaways from the week? Where's Johnny Miller this week?
3: I got a takeaway before we go to Johnny Miller. Uh, The Marshals were phenomenal. (laughs) Yes, they were were Uh, engaged. I saw a little bit of action on Twitter earlier, but like I just noticed it watching. They were using the quiet paddles to get the fans hyped. Like, (laughs) please more of that. That one was awesome. Like they're in the background pumping the crowd up. Like I I was like that. We need more of that in in the states and i thought the crowds were good there are tons of cell phones out there like every time there was a like you could get a, a look at the crowd behind uh, like you know dj putting or whatever like everybody had their cell phone out filming uh which was kind of you know surprised me um but otherwise like i thought the crowds were great they looked like they were having a ton of fun out there and like how about the corporate tents or the, the scene on 17 like that hole was was lit too so yeah, I, I would say that was a takeaway away for me.
2: I would keep the, I would keep this, I would keep this event there. I think, uh, you know, having, um, like, I get so frustrated when I tune into a WGC and like even Doral. I mean, Doral was the epitome of this, but the one in Shanghai, um, I mean, Firestone's whatever, cause it's in Ohio. But like when you turn in, when you tune into a tournament, that's supposed to be a big tournament and it's just totally flat and the crowd is flat and there's, like there's nobody out there because they're charging a ton of money for the tickets, like like this felt like the opposite of that. This felt like a big it, yeah. event you know it did yeah. So that's that's like that that's as high of a compliment as I can give a tournament. It's, yeah, it felt How like about a big
3: Yeah, Phil walking off eighteen. They're chanting, you know. I don't. I think they were chanting Phil. I don't even know. Maybe they were chanting something in Spanish, but like they, yeah. they were chanting and like in unison, which was awesome.
0: You could see how much it meant to the people there too. Like they were legitimately excited. Like Phil gave his like young girl a ball uh, at some point today, like during the round, and the, her jaw just like dropped. Like she was so excited. And the only the only the only drawback I could say of the fans is on the PGA Tour uh, Instagram story this week, uh, they were like quizzing a bunch of kids on who their favorite player was, and one kid said that his favorite player was Jim Furyk. So. <laughs> not, not the most educated fans on there, but no, that, I thought it was great to have a WGC that was not outside the U.S. Yet, like, within our time zone period, and not, like, yeah. in Korea or in yeah. China or something like that, where we're just not, not going to tune into it. So, uh, the, the WGCs need to be – there should not be three WGCs in the U.S. every year. So, I'm all for yeah. playing one in Mexico.
2: And, it, and I think, you know, they're like, Latin America, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for more tournaments – down there, it's it, like it makes sense
0: to me. What about like. a, a WGC like in South Africa? Would people show up to that? Probably not, would they?
2: Yeah, they have some big. I mean, they have the Schwane Open there this week. I'm some just big say, events.
0: I just remember like the the uh, and I read a Golf Digest South Africa story about, um, by my friend Barry Havanga wrote it about. Uh, they usually they had eight thousand fans at the South African Open last year, and then Rory came this year, and they had twenty eight thousand. Like, they, like the fans yeah. are also wow. nuts down there. And if a if a huge field showed up for that event, or uh, if huge field went down to South Africa, the fans would come out in and, in and, and doves for that. So,
2: yeah, you no, know, I, I, I mean, I see, they, they've uh, always had that big event, that Sun City event, the million dollar one. Like, they always had a big turnout for that. Like, I'm all for variety. Give us variety. Give me less Firestone and Doral, north,
3: north, of, the, north right. of the border too, right? Like I know the Champions Tour and the I think the LPGA plays stuff in like Vancouver area, British Columbia, um, and Tron. Like the golf up there, we played last summer. That, that was unbelievable. Um, I don't know. I, I'm with you though. I think outside the U S, like if it's not a you know, for WGC it makes a ton of sense.
0: It's a World Golf Championship, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, all right, boys. Anything else um, from the week that we missed? Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to NB Park.
2: She, I, I think she missed like one fairway this week, and then, and then like right after I saw that, they put up a stat from Phil, and it was like Phil's missed like twenty-eight of thirty-seven fairways in the last like three days. I was like, damn, like that's a different, different ball game, you know, just totally different styles of golf. So.
3: I'd like oh. to shout out uh, Thomas Peters. His outfit, murdered out black, like everybody's yeah. going mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. colorful. Like I liked his, uh, kind of like the toned down black pantone. No, yeah,
2: he was wearing the same thing as Ross Fisher, who looked like he was a pro am contestant.
0: I can't wait to see what, well, what hey, road you've got lined up for England Tron. It better be on point. That's all I'm saying. I know. It's yeah. be awesome. you, can, you, know you put a Real, lot of man. pressure on yourself. Yeah. I don't know he what got, a good look is really in anymore. I really don't. I don't even know what a good look is. I don't either. Is.
2: I think we're post fashion. Like we're post post pop, we're post fashion, we're post glamour.
0: I don't <laughs> know. We'll see. We'll see what I have up my sleeve. Unless you look like Morgan Hoffman, you're just screwed. Um, Neil, you want to give us a little merch update? Yeah, for sure. So
3: we're doing some big things in the pro shop here coming up this month. Uh, hats, some new hats will be in. And then we're redoing some of the uh, the T-shirts. So stay tuned on that. You know, small shop, big ideas, excited about it.
0: Tron, anything else to add? Um,
2: Not really. Just shout out to all the people in Mexico, man. Great stuff. Great week. Um. Unbelievable and, season but, so far.
0: Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have next week? What do we yeah. got going on next week? We got, the,
2: we got Valspar next week. That's, like, the most underrated
0: the event of the year. Make
3: pit, baby.
0: I thought I so, somebody – I saw a tweet or something. There's a big name that's not playing this week, and I don't remember who it was. Somebody – it's not Speed, is it? No, Speed's playing. Somebody's, yeah, this
2: this course is, like, right up Speed's Sally.
0: Somebody's skipping this week that they that – All right, kind of Sally,
2: I want to talk about – I got a couple things here, actually. Yeah. Yeah. A, they've been showing that Stella Artois water commercial with uh-huh. Matt Damon. And, like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a video with your face in it for you, like, carrying Ricky's water. Um, the water crisis, ending the water crisis. But also, um, uh, oh, shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> you won't. You I won't do a- it. I had another take. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, we're always going, going to talk about Ricky and oh, I want to talk about Patrick Reed. What's the deal?
0: I don't know, man. He does this, quickly though. becoming a forgotten man. But players have wow. like up and downs. Like you, every time somebody has like man. a three week bad stretch, you say that they're a forgotten man. You have also said that about Fowler at one point this season. <laughs> like I'm not that he worried was. about he Reed. He didn't
2: even play the West Coast Swing. Reed. All right, so Reed's never finished top ten in a major. Correct. That that's what that's what gets me, man. I can't. He's I can't sleep isn't on he? that.
0: He's, I can't sleep on that. <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> isn't he like twenty five? I'm not worried about it. He's got time. He's born in 1990. Yeah, he's 26 years old. He's gonna he's gonna have some yeah. solid. He's younger than
2: Neil. That's crazy.
0: Neil, are you the roast of my swing what, this week?
2: That?
3: Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, I am. So we got We got a couple of options. A couple of nominees. From the archives, but uh, yes, I am, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, to getting absolutely napalmed by the uh, the Twitter community.
0: Awesome, R.I.P. Nation this week. R.I.P. R.I. Randy. Oh my yeah. God, the responses yeah. were incredible. That was
3: way R.I. too much. R.I.P. Randy and R.I.P. Tron because I have like three or four other videos where your thumb is in the camera, <laughs> like you're a horrible filmer i can't wait it's for hard.
0: tron's r- when he's up next week i think when uh yeah the people are gonna come they're gonna come fire and i can't wait but if you haven't seen that check i think it i got, out, got a responses. couple good ones in the archives of tronald mcdonald the and, and a couple
3: of solid outfits yes solid good outfits stuff.
0: really yeah i got i
3: think so i think so you got you got a, a sweater look going on at sweetens cove Back in the day, that is oh,
2: my posture was so bad. Yeah, it
3: it might be a good one. It might. I look like
2: I'm like pre, like pre-rotted in my back, Ken Duke. Like I have scoliosis.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it lacks pop. Your 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 spine angle lacks a significant pop.
2: I don't think I had a spine angle. I think it's like a spine like curvature. You know, so, so
3: yeah. Good stuff. Anyway.
2: All right, yeah. boys. So you got Hagee on tap here? Yeah. All
0: right. Yep, we're going to cut this. Now we wanted to just uh, – we've got an interview coming up here with Brandon Hagee. It's only about 20 minutes long. Uh, we wanted to get, share some thoughts from uh, from the WGC before we got to that. And, uh, yeah, so we'll cut to that now. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll be back uh, next – I think next week's going to be a really good one if it all works out. So, uh, Tron, Neil, thanks for jumping on as well. Cool. Thanks,
2: Sally. Good Alex. stuff in the See hopper. You thanks, Sally. Cheers, guys.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. I'm Chris Solomon. A landmark day here in the No Laying Up podcast. Kyle Porter and I have been following this guy for what seems like the better part of a decade now. First time on the podcast, Brandon Hagee. Brandon, do you even like do you kind of understand where the uh, where the obsession for Porter and I comes from, or are you like completely clueless at this point?
1: Well. I know I hit the ball a decent ways, and I don't lay up that often, so I, I can kind of put two
0: and two together. That's actually all the criteria that we're looking that we're looking for, actually. So, what what's going on in your world today? Uh, nothing much. Just uh,
1: in Scottsdale, Arizona. I moved here in December. Um, joined Whisper Rock, and it's one of the best places to practice. <clears throat> Excuse me, a ton of tour guys and incredible facility so just uh working away at the game
0: does the whisper rock like the roster out there will you put that up against any of the the florida clubs or what would you say is like the strongest club
1: yeah i mean i I think it's got to be at least in the top five you know around the country of in terms of just number of tour players that, that are out here and then not only the tour
0: players but the ams out here too are pretty filthy so I've read something somewhere that like there's something like 45 members or something ridiculous that are that are uh like plus that are better than scratch players out there do you believe that
1: um i, I could believe that the, the first uh guy that i played with uh beat me uh, he's called the, the assassin out here so <laughs> um he's he's been notorious for uh taking uh some money from the pros so <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a super competitive environment out here. You know, that's one of the main reasons I moved um to Arizona and in this spot in particular was I really felt like it could improve my game a ton, so
0: Man, I can't think of a better nickname or a better thing to be known for than to be an amateur out there taking money from the pros. But uh, yeah. So I'm at least familiar with your background. Some of our listeners might not be, uh, despite the fact that you've been mentioned on this podcast many times. But uh, can you give us a quick summary of your background, how you got to where you are currently as a – you're not officially a rookie on the PGA Tour, although this is your first time with full status on the tour, as I understand it.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure – what that's all about to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a pseudo rookie I guess so we'll go with that
0: <laughs> so you had you had like eight starts I think in 2015 so that ruined your rookie status or something like that and then you played I, last year full-time it, on the web tour correct
1: correct so yeah I went to I went to Cal or known as UC Berkeley in academic circles um, up in the Bay Area um, was there five years three All American there and then Um, I missed at second stage of Q School my first go out, but then I was able that year to get a bunch of exemptions, like you said, um, which is actually really helpful for this year, just getting all that experience and feeling a little bit more comfortable on tour. Um, And then I played on the web tour last year, kind of had to play my way into getting in starts. I only had conditional status to start the year on the web tour. Um, and was able to get a sponsor invited into an event early in the year and made a check there that kind of got me off and running. And then I had, um, a bunch of top five finishes and was able to finish in the top 25 on that tour. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been crazy. I mean, you know, last year, you know, not this December, but last December, if you had told me I was going to be on tour based off of the status I had on web tour, I would have been, you know, super stoked about that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been good
0: do you I, a lot of the guys i talk to really speak very highly about their time on the web tour saying it teaches them rhythm it teaches them you know a, a certain a different kind of competitiveness and a, a grinding factor was your overall web experience like that would do you speak highly as well of your web.com experience
1: yeah it's super well run um there's a lot of really good golfers on that tour it's kind of an interesting combination of you know, young, fresh out of college guys, and there's a few veteran guys in there. PJ Tour winners, major champions. I mean, it's it's an interesting um, group of players, but you have to play at a high level. I mean, I've heard a bunch of people say that you know making cuts on the Web Tour is almost the hardest out there because the you know the cuts are like five, six under par every week. Hmm. Um, so, but it's it's a great proving ground, and that was really the first time in my career I've played. You know, seven, eight tournaments in a row. I kind of had to because I was working towards my card, and I never played that much golf in a row. Um, so that was that was a good good learning experience.
0: Coming from the web tour, you have now full status on the tour. But I, if I'm if I'm reading it right, you finished 19th on the money list last year. So you you don't have full priority, or you're a bit down on the priority list. Am I right in saying that?
1: Yeah. So coming off the web tour it's it's interesting we kind of have our own category um there's 50 of us or so in that category and you know we're all competing against each other to get in kind of the more high profile events um so it's kind of i guess you could look at it as kind of like a 3 force card because you know especially the the first part of the year there's a bunch of tournaments that we're not getting in you know we're not getting all the wgc's uh, Riviera Waste Management, you know, Valspar next week. I'm, I probably won't get in the field. I think I'm like maybe 10 out. Um, and I'm 24th in the category. So it's pretty competitive to get into some of these events. Um, I've been fortunate to, to snag a few sponsor invites here and there this year, uh, which has been good. Um, like I think last week I got a sponsor invite and I would have finished first alternate and had a good week. So it kind of shows you how important starts are, um, especially out of our category.
0: Do you, once you have your, are, are, I guess a full-time member, are they, do they limit how many sponsors exemptions you can take? Uh,
1: no. So once you're a full-time member, you can, you know, kind of get as many as you want. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've put in the work and, you know, I, I've, you know, wrote letters, called tournament directors, you know, I've had various connections here and, <laughs> and there, but. Um, I, you know, I've really worked, um, towards trying to secure those spots.
0: In 2015, you know, you got, you got that initial experience. You got a lot of sponsors exemptions. You went down to the web tour. Now you're back PGA tour. What's the biggest difference in your, in your day to day life, your PGA tour life versus your web.com tour life. Do you notice a huge difference in like, you know, courtesy cars and just the way things are handled? And is it, is it something like once you've experienced the tour life, you never want to do the web, web tour again?
1: No, yeah, I think the biggest difference is probably just the overwhelming support from all angles on the PJ tour. You know, when you when you show up, you got the courtesy car desk at the airport. They hand you your keys. You jump in your courtesy car. You know, you go to the court. There's always a locker room. There's always a locker room attendant. The lock, you know, the locker room is filled with, you know, every everything you can think of, food, you know, everything. Um, so you know, and I, I just I would say probably obviously the stage is bigger, you know, everything's just bigger, you know, all the hospitality tents and the crowds, all that is, is a little different. But in terms of the day-to-day routine, my routine is almost exactly the same on the, you know, on the PJ tour as it was on the web tour. I've tried to keep that pretty consistent. Um, and I think that's part of, play, you know, as a rookie, you know, getting a feel for what works for you uh, is really important. And that's why the web tour helps with that is you really do start to get a feel for, what works you know multiple weeks in a row you know how often are you in the gym you know when are you getting to the course you know afternoon tea time when are you waking up i mean all these things you want to try and keep as consistent as possible and the web tour is a great uh testing ground for that
0: without having the full status are you any tournament that you are able to get in are you saying yes or are there still turn are you still making some selections in your schedule
1: well, yeah, I mean, the first part of the year, I'm just playing in whatever I get in. Yeah, um, You know, I'll hopefully work to a point where I can take a few tournaments off down the stretch later in the year. Because basically after the players, uh, we start getting in most of the tournaments. Um, so, you know, then there'll be quite a few in a row. Um, so, you know, at that point, you know, I, I'd like to maybe, you know, take some take some off when I can. That That would be good.
0: Putting the vibe and the the life part aside of the differences between web and tour, what's the what's the biggest difference from a golf perspective? Like, I know you again, like I said, you've been out there in twenty fifteen. You've seen what tour events are like. You've played a lot with a lot of these players. But is there a skill that gets tested on these PGA Tour courses that maybe wasn't highlighted as much on the Web Tour? And has there been like a moment where you see a guy do something and you're like, whoa, I don't have that shot yet, or I need to improve on that?
1: Um. You know, I, I would just say there's more courses on the PGA Tour uh, that are um, significantly more penal, you know, in terms of the ball striking, um, which kind of lends itself to just having to be mentally sharp, you know, e- even even more uh, than on the Web Tour. You know, the Web Tour has a lot of easy you – know, there's some easy golf courses. Uh, you know, obviously there's some super low scores out there. Um, but it's, it seems like on the PGA Tour – You know, if if you mentally check out out there, there there's uh, more severe consequences just because the courses are more difficult, Um, and then also each shot. You know, there's so many good players, and it's the top players in the world. Um, You know, each shot is is so much more important. So I think I just think that mentally it's maybe a little bit more taxing um, than than the Web Tour. Um, So I've really tried to work on that part of my game the last uh, couple years. So I, I think that's
0: definitely helped. Was the was the Honda you, that you recently had? Was that your best finish so far on the PGA Tour? I, uh, no, I finished
1: 14th in Mississippi. Um, I think I, two years ago I finished 14th in Puerto Rico. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of my better finishes so far.
0: This is, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a big field there in Florida in, in this one. So, and that's a really tough golf course. What was it about that course that you felt kind of uh, other than the the corner you could cut on eighteen that we all saw you at three hundred forty eight yards or whatever it was? What was it about uh, PGA National that suited you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a beast of a golf course. Mm-hmm. You know, ball striking has always been my strength, and I feel like it rewards some of my longer straight drives, you know, more significantly than other venues. Um, And I always felt like I've played better on more difficult golf courses. Um, I just, I think my length off the tee is just a a bigger advantage in in those scenarios. Um, I I was getting a chuckle from that drive on 18 because, you know, the, the, uh, guys following Fowler freaking out over his drive, you know, in the last group. And I was like, "Well, that's that was that was a cute drive, <laughs> you know, that was, that was
0: good." <laughs> yeah. All right, now we can get we can get into the good stuff now then, because I think uh, you were already on my radar back in 2015, and you played um, when you played in the U.S. Open, and I think you did kind of a, a running diary or something for Golf.com, uh, yep. where you had this yep. quote that still stuck with me, where you said, "You know, you play you played a." Uh, practice rounds with a bunch of guys I don't remember everyone you played with but you said DJ is the only guy you played with that can keep up with you off the tee so how it seems like you do take a lot of pride in how far you hit it is that fair to say
1: oh for sure I mean that's that's something I've been known for for a long time so I just kind of run with it for sure
0: what is your what is your swing speed measured at
1: um I don't know what it was last week it's like mid 120s and right around 190
0: with the ball speed uh, have you always been like crazy long and the rest of your game just kind of developed as you matured or was link something you'd kind of developed, um, later in, in your, in your coming up as a golfer?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say kind of my transition from high school. I mean, I was pretty long in high school, my transition from high school into college um you know my freshman year and then into my redshirt year in college that's when i really started to pick up some length i think i got a little bit bigger um and you know, just a little bit more developed technically um so i was able to kind of use that power more effectively
0: so are you buying uh, yeah
1: it, it's always kind of big.
0: sorry are you uh, are you buying into any of that to like calling justin thomas pound for pound the longest guy out there or you want to uh, you want a remeasurement of that
1: well, i I want to. Me- I really want to see if he's actually 145 pounds. I, I'm not. I'm not too sure about that.
0: <laughs> what do you weigh?
1: Uh, I'm 160. Okay, he doesn't seem that much smaller than me. <laughs> he
0: has been like they've been citing him at 145 for like three years now. So I, I'm kind of with you there. We might need a yeah. remeasurement on that one. But
1: maybe he's maybe he's just dieting. Maybe he's just he's keeping it keeping it right at 1, 145 I don't, I don't know
0: i think he would probably like to get rid of that narrative as much as as much as the rest of us would but um yeah. what so you you grew up in in california is that right
1: yeah yeah uh, westlake village which is right uh, sherwood country club is my home club uh back in la where tiger had that event for a bunch of years
0: right and how did you decide on going to cal was there anywhere else that you had considered or were you pretty dead set on that
1: so my entire family actually went to usc um so i really wanted to go to sc um cal was one of the first like the original schools that recruited me pretty hard and made it clear that they really wanted me um i just with my background i mean literally like four of my cousins grandpa aunt, uncle mom dad you know my, my entire uh family went to sc so that was kind of where I wanted to go and uh at the last second they said that they weren't gonna have a spot for me um and so that kind of made it pretty easy for me Cal you know I was a pretty good student so Cal had the academics and it was still in the Pac-12 so that was kind of uh, a no-brainer at, at that point um but we uh we did pretty well against SC for the next four or four or five years I would say so uh, that definitely felt good
0: <laughs> did you rub that in at all to your family or were they they kind of not not as uh competitive on, on the sc versus Cal as a golf thing
1: no they would they would rub in the the football stuff
3: yeah the,
0: time. <laughs> the, the golf the golf stuff there wasn't there wasn't much to, to
1: talk about on their end for for a few years so that was that was good no they they were totally uh totally on board with me going to Cal and um so that was that was no big deal. If I had gone to UCLA, they might have disowned me
0: probably. Right, that would have been some problems. <laughs> has there been anyone out there that's seemingly kind of gone out of their way to show you the ropes out uh, on the PGA Tour or a friendship you've made in recent months that you didn't previously have?
1: Um, yeah, I would say James Hahn has been really cool with me. He played at Cal. Um, I talk with him a lot about my decision to go to Arizona because he did the same thing maybe five or six years ago um kind of right when he started to pick up and he was really high on it so i've talked i talked with him a lot i've played practice rounds with him Uh, i'm trying to think who else sean o'hare has been really cool to me um and then just getting to know some of the whisper rock guys now graham delette um scott stallings um ricky barnes There's, there's a few guys out here that have been cool so but that's that's super helpful um to have you know some veteran guys that kind of shade the ropes a little bit definitely
0: how many guys are you com- are you comfortable with saying out there are longer than you are <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I i would say probably dj and gary woodland i played with gary uh on tuesday last week just kind of randomly i was going to play the back nine and he was on the team we played together um, I, I definitely think those guys have a, a little bit more extra on me than uh, their their regular cruising speed. So uh, I would say those guys.
0: Do you have when you're on like a normal tee shot for you, or one that you can kind of free swing at? Are you do you have like uh, are you going a hundred percent of that, or do you have like an extra gear that you only go to in certain situations? I I would
1: say it's kind of situational in almost kind of subconscious, like if there's a, like that drive on 18, the third round. I mean, I knew that it was a pretty good carry over the corner. I wasn't thinking of swinging all out, but I think it kind of gets me into that mode, you know, so, and it just kind of comes out of me. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say I'm, I swing, I, I pretty much swing a hundred percent on driver most of the time on the golf course. I just feel like I hit it straighter that way. I, I've always felt that way in my career when I'm going full speed with driver. It's going to be um, a better swing for me, just moving my body well and being aggressive. Um, if I need to take yardage off, I'll do full swing three wood um, or like choke up and tee it down in a driver and still swing full speed. So that's that's kind of the way I go about that.
0: It seems to be there's a, a bit of change in the way in a lot of things in golf currently. The European Tour is changing all kinds of events, doing all kinds of crazy uh, new stuff. P- one, at least one PGA Tour event is changing with the Zurich Classic going to a team event. And then this, this week, the uh, USGA and R&A announced major changes in the rules of golf. What's, is, what's a change that you'd like to see either on the PGA Tour or maybe within the, within the rules?
1: Um, I think rangefinders would be would be great. I, I feel like it would it would speed up play so much. That's in I mean, the new rules. So other... That's in there. Sorry, uh, that is in there.
0: Yeah, it's in the proposed new rules. I, I think they're still pending approval of that. But yeah, the uh, distance measuring right. devices are allowed there.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean that's one that I, I agree with. I feel like you know if we're trying to speed up play in tournaments, that would what that would eliminate a lot of time. Um, I know the caddies probably would object to that, um, you know, cause that's a big part of their job, but at the same time, there's a, a bunch of other factors that the caddies are helping players with on the golf course. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like the, 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 game has, uh, changed so much and rangefinders have become such a big part of the game that that's kind of a logical step.
0: Have you, have you seen all the detailed new rules? Are there any of them that you disagree with if that's the case?
1: Um, I, I didn't look uh, super close for, on all of them, but I, the ones that I saw I thought made a ton of sense. Having just penalty areas simplifies it, being able to tap down spike marks. I mean, if a guy like, can't pick up his feet in front of you and there's a huge spike mark on your line, I think that's totally fair to be able to tap that down.
0: Yeah, I just saw some criticism from players on some of the uh, on the spike mark rule, and that I think it, I I'd never heard of this. Some on the European tour several years ago, they tried something like that, and guys were taking advantage of it and kind of ma- fixing stuff near the hole that might help it guide it towards the hole. And uh, do you see? Do you foresee any of that kind of being a problem?
1: Um, you know, it's it's a game of honor, yeah. So... You know, I, I don't think that. and I think that's kind of something that that's another proposed rule where you know at the time the players in the group and everyone decide that a drop or where a ball crossed is correct. That you know you then can't go back and look at video evidence and stuff and, and say, oh no, you're lying, like that's not right. So I think that kind of goes along the same lines of you know we all believe that we're honest with each other when we play on the on tour and. You know that I would hope that that would not happen,
0: right? So a week like this, where you're where you're off, uh, how much do you or do you do you look forward to going to the golf course to practice, or a, a, even you know as a young player, do you already view golf more as a job?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, to, I really look forward
0: to going to the golf course every Good.
1: day. I mean, I, I wake up pretty early. I'm a morning person for sure. I, I usually get a workout in pretty early before I get to the golf course, so you know, that, that kind of gets me going. And then, um, I mean, for me, you know, th- there's, there's lots of little goals along the way, but, you know, I feel like if you're in this profession, pl- you know, playing professional golf, your goal should be to, to be number one in the world. And, you know, every day I wake up with that in the back of my mind and that's kind of what I'm working towards. So that that has to get you jacked up to get to
0: the golf course. Have you ever experienced burnout, um, of any kind in your, in your golf career? Um
1: I, I would just say last year was the first time where I played so many events in a row like in the middle of the country where it was like 95 degrees 90% humidity where yeah. my feet and body were just a little tired um after all that tournament golf um so it, it's it's interesting when people are like what you know what hurts after a, you know four or five tournaments in a row and my feet are what end up hurting because this, and I'm sure other players feel the same way. It's like so much walking, you know, if you want to think about it, I mean, it's like six miles a day on the golf course, not even counting the practice rounds, you know, it's like 50 miles a week of walking. It's, it's a lot. Um, so, but you know, I, I would, I would just say, um, you know, I playing on the PGA tour has to get you jacked up to go out and play. So it's the, you know, I really haven't had that much burnout, but that was just more of a fatigue, um, situation last year.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, the PGA Tour. Once you get to that level, it's a little easier to look past any possibility of burnout. But I know that there's a there's a a lot of you know kids that grow up playing the game that are really focused hard on the game want to be, want to play it professionally and you know spend a lot of their childhood yeah. practicing and playing and traveling for tournaments and whatnot and can. Can experience burnout at times. I know I grew up with some guys that you know traveled the country and eventually did burn out. Part of, part of that was due to lack of success. So it's, uh, but I just find it interesting to talk to guys on how much they wait when they wake up. How much do they look forward to going to the course? I think it's good, very key at the early part of your career that you do still enjoy getting up and going to the course. But uh, obviously, when you do it for for several years, some I think perspectives will at least change at some point on certain things. But sure, looking, well,
3: go ahead.
1: Yeah, I would say. For for me as a kid, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is I played other sports, you know, played football and basketball through my freshman year of high school. So uh, it was kind of, I guess I was a little bit of a late bloomer in that sense, especially compared to nowadays where I really didn't start playing my like national junior, like competitive stuff until sophomore year of high school, which is very late uh, compared to some of these, you know, yet really, really young kids that are playing tournament golf. So I think I was kind of pretty hungry at that point to really try and get better. Um, so that's a big factor. So, I I mean, my advice would be to have your kids play other sports as long as possible.
0: Do you, so looking forward for the rest of the season, uh, are there, are there specific goals you have in mind or are there particular courses that you're looking at, like with eyes wide open that you're excited for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would like to win this year. That's that's a goal for me. Um, you know, in terms of courses, uh, I'm really looking forward to Bay Hill. Um, I got a spot into that tournament in a couple weeks. Um, I played two years ago. I think that course really suits my game. I, I like courses where the longer you hit it, the wider you get it, and the more hazards you take out of play, which is the case at Bay Hill and on a lot of holes. <laughs> so um that's that's a course i'm looking forward to you know i honestly was really looking forward to tampa but it it doesn't look like i'm going to get into that term i I mondayed into that that event last year i thought that was a really great course um so i think some other courses um that we got coming up you know the majors if i can get into them you know i I basically just like the courses as difficult as possible i know quick and loans is is on a challenging course um, I've I've watched that on TV, and you know that seems like a course that would suit me well. So I'd say that those ones. All
0: off right. the top of my head. Any betters listening? Whatever the odds, yeah. we're putting them on. Putting on at uh, Bay Hill, so we'll get you out of here yeah. on uh, on this one. What's like? A, what's your go to snack on the course when you got to eat out on the golf course? What do you eat?
1: Uh PB and J. Do you have? Uh, been, do you make I've them? Been doing here. Uh, oh, I make them. I, last year, my caddy w- was all about making the perfect PB and Js. This year, I've been making them. Uh, PB and J's. That, that's that's the key to distance.
0: Like, the, not never like the uncrustables, right? Like they have to be homemade.
1: No, 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 no. no. You can't you can't cut corners like that.
0: <laughs> that's pun intended. Only for the dog legs. <laughs> All right, Brandon, I'll let you out of there on that. Thank you for your time, man. I know you got to get to get to the course and practice, uh, but uh, we look forward to continuing to following you and uh, I, it's been a goal of mine to get I needed to get you on here before you won a tournament, and I got a little bit scared. I'm not gonna lie when I saw you like up in the top five <laughs> at some point last week, so uh, yep. best of luck with the rest of the season. Are you going to be playing the memorial, do you know? Uh, hopefully. Okay. Hopefully, I'll play my way in. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's the case, look forward to uh, maybe we can catch up over a beer there, and uh, if not, we'll meet sometime in the future. So, thanks for your time, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. it's time uh, to you guys soon. See
0: ya. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today.
1: Yes! Yeah. Honey, I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most Better than most
3: <laughs> Expect any-